What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies The Gentleman and Birds of Prey. But first, let's talk about the Guy Ritchie movie The Gentleman. Here's a quick synopsis. Mickey Pearson is a marijuana tycoon who is looking to sell his business and retire to acquire life. I'm going to say it first off the bat. I really enjoyed this movie. I've become such a fan of Guy Ritchie in the past year. I've seen all of his movies. My personal favorite favorite is Snatch and this reminded me of Snatch that British gangster film that's endlessly entertaining with a lot of fun performances and an all-star cast and this film The Gentleman is led by Matthew McConaughey who I believe perfectly fits a Guy Ritchie film. When I think of the best performances in a Guy Ritchie film, I think of like Brad Pitt from Snatch, a guy who just goes all out and goes for broke. And that's what Matthew McConaughey does in this movie. He perfectly fits. He is the perfect guy to lead a Guy Ritchie gangster movie. I think what's fascinating about Matthew McConaughey is that he fits the tone of the director he's working with. Like in Interstellar with Christopher Nolan, he just fits the mold of a Christopher Nolan lead actor. He does the same with Jeff Nichols in Mud. He's doing the same in The Gentleman. He has endless amounts of energy, kind of like every character in a Guy Ritchie film. That to me is what a great actor does. He fits the tone of the movie and works with the director. I think that's what Matthew McConaughey has become a master of doing. Just just watch last year's The Beach Bum. He feels like he's in a Harmony Corinne movie, which he is in. He fits the tone of the director, and he is working with some of the best directors. Again, Christopher Nolan, Jeff Nichols, now Guy Ritchie and Harmony Corinne. Also in this movie is one of my favorite actors, Charlie Hunnam, who is quietly becoming one of the most reliable movie stars. He is bringing good performance after good performance, and like McConaughey, he is working with great directors. He's worked with Guy Ritchie now twice, and I liked King Arthur. There, I'll go out on the limb. I enjoyed Charlie Hunnam's movie, King Arthur. That was a box office bomb, but I really enjoyed the pacing of that movie. He's worked with him twice, now with King Arthur and now The Gentleman. Then you have Guillermo del Toro, who he's worked with twice. James Gray on The Lost City of Z, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Great performance by Hunnam in that one. And he worked with J.C. Chandor on last year's Triple Frontier. I want to see Hunnam get more recognition for his work. I know for that to happen, he would probably have to go in these big blockbusters, and he's really having success working in these like mid-budget films, but they are making a lot of money. He should be more recognized. I don't think Charlie Hunnam is getting enough credit for the work he's doing in these movies, and he's working with these auteur directors and giving great performance after great performance, in my opinion. I know some people aren't a fan, but I am really on the Charlie Hunnam bandwagon. I mean, Hunnam's been the lead in some big movies like Pacific Rim, King Arthur, even though it was a flop, it was a massive blockbustery type movie. I feel like more people should know his name. He's been a good supporting actor in movies like Triple Frontier and Crimson Peak. More people should pay attention to his film career. Because when most people talk about him, I still think they think of him as that guy from Sons of Anarchy. But I think these past five years, he has put in a lot of good work in a lot of quality. Films. And in The Gentleman, most of Hunnam's scenes are either with Matthew McConaughey and Hugh Grant, two of my all-time favorite actors, and he kind of goes toe-to-toe with both of them. He has great chemistry with both McConaughey and Hugh Grant in this film. 
And we need to talk about Hugh Grant in this movie because he completely steals the show. All of his scenes are with Charlie on him. He is not in the movie that much, but when he is on screen, he's the narrator. He completely steals the movie and gives one of the best supporting performances in a movie I've seen in a while. I mean, one thing that I find interesting is that Matthew McConaughey and Hugh Grant are in this movie. And in the early 2000s, I only thought of them as like the king of rom-coms. I mean, both of them were just doing romantic comedies after romantic comedies and this past decade they both branched out and done other types of movies i mean hugh grant is also good in the guy ritchie film the man from uncle not to mention he was brilliant in the tv series the very english scandal which i talked about on this podcast so you should check out that episode i mean as much as i loved hugh grant in four weddings and a funeral and notting hill it's really good to see him do other things because i really do think he's a extremely underrated actor. I mean, we don't even view Matthew McConaughey as the rom-com king anymore. I hope we get to that point with Hugh Grant where we fully appreciate the work he's given in films. I mean, I especially loved About a Boy. And at first, when you watch The Gentleman, you'll have no idea that that's Hugh Grant. That's how good a performance he gives. You get lost on who he really is. You don't think of him as Hugh Grant. He's not playing that witty, charming guy we're used to him playing. He is playing a reporter in this who's kind of a sleazeball. And I hope if there are Academy Awards this year, I really hope Hugh Grant gets nominated for this performance. And then the rest of this cast for this film is star-studded. You have Henry Golding from Crazy Rich Asians and A Simple Favor. Then you have Colin Farrell, who's one of my favorites. Jeremy Strong from Succession. Michelle Dockery. All of them perfectly fill the tone of the movie. I mean, it's fascinating to see Henry Golding in this movie. Because like Hugh Grant, he's kind of become famous playing these charming people in A Simple Favor and Crazy Rich Asians. I mean, it's interesting in the same year he has like another romantic comedy come out in Last Christmas. He's also in a British gangster film like The Gentleman. In this movie, Golding really gets to be the adversary to Matthew McConaughey. And as for Jeremy Strong, he might be the most famous for Succession, but he's also been really good in a supporting role in some very good movies recently. I mean, he was really good in The Big Short. I liked him in Molly's Game. I mean, Jeremy Strong is another guy working with the best of the best when it comes to directors. Adam McKay, Aaron Sorkin, and now Guy Ritchie. And he's going to be working with Aaron Sorkin again in his new film, The Trial of Chicago 7. I mean, I'm just a big fan of Jeremy Strong, and I'm really a fan of his career choices thus far. I mean, Succession is brilliant, and his movie choices seem to be also equally smart. Colin Farrell gives a fun supporting performance in this. He's like a boxing coach who is working with the gangsters, but really doesn't want to be part of their world. He wants to be a regular civilian, just minding his own business. And Michelle Dockery plays Matthew McConaughey's wife, who is a successful business person in her own right. For me, The Gentleman has the best cast of 2020 so far. Again, here are the names. Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Hugh Grant, Henry Golding, Jeremy Strong, Colin Farrell and Michelle Dockery. I mean, that's like the cast of a Marvel movie. Then you have the director, Guy Ritchie. And a Guy Ritchie film, for me, has a certain tone. Lots of fast talking. You need to pay attention. But they are worth it because his movies are more about these ridiculously fun characters and not the plot. I mean, it's interesting in later years that Ritchie has gone the way of the blockbuster making movies like Sherlock Holmes, Man from Uncle, King Arthur, and Aladdin. I mean, 
the best of those is Man From U.N.C.L.E. Great performances by Henry Cavill, Army Hammer, and Alicia Vikander. That's the best of the blockbusters that he's made, but now he's also returning to the genre that made him famous. I mean, he became famous because of Lock, Stock, and Barrel and Snatch, these British gangster movies that are character-driven. Rock and Rolla, I mean, that is just all about the characters. I think Richie also gets some of the best performances from well-known movie stars. I mean, I'm not that big a fan of Gerard Butler, but he gets his best performance in the Guy Ritchie film, Rock and Rolla. I mean, Mark Strong is also fantastic in that movie, along with Toby Kebbell. I mean, those guys are just going for in that movie. Tom Hardy also. In Snatch and Longstock, he gets the best from Jason Statham. I mean, I find Jason Statham to be not a very interesting actor, but when he's in a Guy Ritchie film, I'm like, wow, I'm excited you're here. His movies are fun, thus you get fun performances from movie stars. I mean, just watch Aladdin and see how much fun that performances from Will Smith. It's one of the funniest he's given in years. That's the fun Will Smith that we all knew from the 90s. Sherlock with Downey Jr. and Jude Law. King Arthur with Charlie Hunnam. I mean, even his blockbusters are fast-paced and fun. And the same can be said for The Gentleman. I mean, it's not the best Guy Ritchie film, but it lives up to the hype of his earlier British gangster films like Lockstock, Snatch, and Rock and Roller. The Gentleman is one of the best movies of the year so far and definitely has the best cast of the year and they all deliver entertaining performances. I could not recommend enough. You check out Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Now let's switch gears and talk about the DC film Birds of Prey. Here's a quick synopsis. Harley Quinn is broken up with the Joker and all of Gotham City is after her including a mob boss known as Black Mask. I really enjoyed Birds of Prey. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's really funny and I just like the size and the scope of it. Like it wasn't massive. They weren't saving the world. It was just a small story about this character. Not every comic book movie can be epic, saving the world, this is the end or it's over. Like they can't be all that big or you're going to get tired of the genre. I mean, I really liked what DC did this year. They made two films about iconic villains, the Joker and Harley Quinn, and it probably didn't hurt that they were being played by massive movie stars, Joaquin Phoenix and Harley Quinn. I mean, they made two good to great movies. And in Birds of Prey, Margot Robbie proves that Harley Quinn can be more than a sidekick character. She's compelling enough to be the lead. Robbie is so fun as the character. I hope she continues to play this character for years to come. I mean, since the last time Robbie played the character, she's been nominated for two Oscars for I, Tonya, and Bombshell, so it's pretty fascinating that she's going to get the best of both worlds where she can be in these mainstream comic book movies and still be in these award-winning, hard-hitting movies. The other performance of note in this film is Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. It is so out of nowhere. It's one of the best villains in a comic book movie. The performance is bomb He completely commits to it, and I 100% absolutely loved it, and I had no idea that Ewan McGregor had that in him. I mean, I guess I had grown so used to him to being the calm Obi-Wan Kenobi that I forgot the guy who was the star of Train Spotting. I mean, that's what this character...
character was like that guy. I mean, some people are going to say the performance is over the top, but it's so much fun. Again, it's just one of the best villain performances. I mean, I would put it in my like top five. It's not as good as Heath Ledger's Joker or Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger. But when it comes to DC villains recently, yeah, it's way up there. I mean, you get so used to watching these comic book movies and see these super powerful guys that are looking to conquer the world that it's kind of a breath of fresh air to see this guy play this guy out of his mind. I mean, Ewan just completely stole the movie. And the rest of the cast makes up the Birds of Prey. And they are Journey Smollett-Bell as Black Canary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as the Huntress, Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya, and Ella J. Basco as Cassandra Kane. And all of them, along with Margot Robbie, deliver really good performances, especially Rosie Perez and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I mean, who's not a fan of Rosie Perez at this point? I mean, she's been in so many good movies, do the right thing, White Man Can't Jump, Pineapple Express. She plays kind of a rogue cop who puts matters into her own hand. It's a great role for her. And I've been a fan of Mary Elizabeth Winstead since like Sky High. I love, absolutely love Scott Pilgrim. She was also in Swiss Army Man with Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. When I think of her, I just think of someone who's cool and I think it's perfect casting for her to be the Huntress because that's a really cool character and I hope to see her play that character more down the line. The director of Birds of Prey is Kathy Yan, who I think did a perfect job of making it so that every character felt like they fit this movie, which I think was one of the issues with Suicide Squad. In particular, it didn't feel like Jared Leto's Joker fit that movie at all. So the problem with the DC movies have been, do these characters feel like they're in the same movie? I feel like everyone in the Birds of Prey feel like they fit in the same movie. I mean, I had the same issues with Justice League. Like, Ezra Miller's The Flash didn't feel like he was in the same movie as Henry Cavill's Superman. I mean, you might enjoy those actors as those characters, but if you don't fit in the movie, then the movie's not going to be very well. And the best thing I can say about Birds of Prey is they all fit the comedic mood of the movie. They all felt like they were in the same movie. Also, I really love the action scenes. They are fun, and they feel grounded for a comic book movie. There's only one scene where a superpower is used at all. It's interesting to note that they use the director of the John Wick's film, Chad Stahelski, as the stunt coordinator, probably to help out with the action. I mean, those John Wick movie action sequences are amazing, and you can see some of that same grounded action in Birds of Prey. The movie did not do very well at the box office. It only made about 200 million dollars where Suicide Squad made over 700 and most comic book movies make between about a half a billion and a billion dollars. I wonder if the reason this film did not perform at that level is because of its lack of star power. Other than Margot Robbie, there's no Will Smith, there's no Jared Leto, there's no household names. I mean, I like Rosie Perez, I like Journey Smollett Bell, I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but those people don't draw wide audiences to movie theaters. The other issue might be that the Joker doesn't feature prominently in this one. I mean, maybe that character is iconic enough to draw and maybe Harley Quinn isn't. Or was the problem the lack of critical success for Suicide Squad and 
that made people not want to go out and see Harley Quinn in another movie. I mean, I think those are the two main issues. There's no stars other than Margot Robbie. There's no Viola Davis. There's no Jared Leto. There's no Will Smith. And Suicide Squad might have left a bad taste in people's mouth to see a movie starring this character. Yet I think most people would admit Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is the best thing about Suicide Squad and it's the only thing that makes that movie watchable at all. So you would think a movie about that character in the lead role would get people to go see this movie. My major issue with Birds of Prey is that it seems like the film desperately wants Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn to be exactly like Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. They made her the narrator and she breaks the fourth wall constantly making jokes to the audience. I get that studios will try to copy successful things but I think they blatantly tried to copy Deadpool in certain ways that I found kind of annoying. Another thing I found interesting is that in Deadpool 2 they partnered Deadpool with a kid. In Birds of Prey for the most part they partnered Harley Quinn with a kid. I just think that's a coincidence but still it feels like they're trying to copy the Deadpool franchise and turn Birds of Prey into something similar. I also find what they're doing with the Harley Quinn character to be kind of confusing. So she was in the first Suicide Squad movie. Now she's in a franchise of her own, Birds of Prey. But in the next year, she's going to be in James Gunn's version of the Suicide Squad. It's like DC can't quite come up with an idea of how to use the Harley Quinn character because I think it will start to become confusing for audiences which franchise Harley Quinn is a part of. Because let's be honest, the tone of Suicide Squad versus the tone of Birds of Prey could not be more different. Suicide Squad was this dark film about these villains and then Birds of Prey felt like a lighthearted, fun comedy. I think this issue is what separates the MCU from DC. DC does not have a set world where all of these characters are from so they never fit the same tone. Why the Avengers work is because all of those characters feel like they're from the same universe because they are. With the DC, I mean you can have Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman but then when she's in Justice League it doesn't quite feel like she belongs there at all. I mean, you wonder if they really have a plan for where their character is going. Like, is Harley Quinn going to play a pivotal role in the Suicide Squad movie? Or is she just going to be a supporting one? Like, is Birds of Prey the Harley Quinn franchise now moving forward? Or is it still the Suicide Squad? Because I think, again, if she goes back and forth between the two, it's going to get confusing. I mean, the other elephant in the room is, will this character ever be paired with the Joker again? I mean, are they going to bring back Jared Leto, who's going to be the star of his own comic book movie, Morbius, now. I mean, again, she's never going to be on screen with Joaquin Phoenix Joker, right? I mean, that would be amazing. I mean, I'm definitely rooting for that. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix and Margot Robbie on screen together, who wouldn't want that? But I don't think that the DC is going to do that. And I don't even think Joaquin Phoenix even wants to be the Joker with Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. I mean, the DC films just feel more now disconnected now more than ever. You have a Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix that's its own thing. You have Birds of Prey, which is its own thing. You have the Suicide Squad, which will be its own thing, although they'll both have Margot Robbie. And you have the upcoming Batman film. I mean, will Robert Pattinson's Batman ever meet Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn? I mean, she already met Ben Affleck's Batman. I mean, things are about to get really confusing for DC. One thing that is wonderful 
cool about comic book movies right now is they're starting to be female-led. You have Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. You have Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. You have Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. And you have Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. All of these female stars are getting their own movies. And that's fantastic. The last thing I'll say about Birds of Prey is overall the movie is tons of fun. I love the comedic tone and I want to see more of the Birds of Prey. I also hope they introduce Poison Ivy to these films and continue to let Margot Robbie shine as Harley Quinn. Definitely check out Birds of Prey. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week, I put the spotlight on Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman and Birds of Prey. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on Motherless Brooklyn starring Ed Norton and Hustler starring Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.